Welcome to the first episode of Burning River Sports Podcast. I'm Eric Wolf, longtime Cleveland sports fan, and um, here with my buddies from by way of summer baseball, uh, Joe and Matt. Guys, how you doing today? Good man, I'm feeling good. Um, getting over the sickness. I was sick all last week, and I'm, I was kind of miserable, but I'm feeling better now. My voice is a little funny, but I'm ready to get after it. Let's do it. How about you, Matt? Doing all right. Just got back from a wooden bat league that I was in a couple hours ago. You know, just getting mercy ruled and all that. Mercy ruled? Yeah, it was bad, dude. Like, like we got shellacked, just fucking wrecked, dude. Like, honestly. Maybe you shouldn't tell the people about playing baseball. Sure, and where's the, uh, where's your league at? <laughs> uh, my league is, it's like D, class D. It's like okay. an over, over 18 league, pretty much. Okay. Right. That's, cool. that's new recently, right? This is... A couple years old. Yeah. Sick. Um, well, uh, tell the people where they can find you guys on, you know, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want to give. Um, you can find me at 33mil on Twitter and Milner's3354 on Instagram. Uh, you can find me at jcardos96 on Twitter or at the same thing on Instagram. Sick. And you can find me at Young Tribe 9 on Instagram and Twitter. Um, all right, guys. Well, throughout the episodes of this podcast, we'll not only cover what's hot and what's not hot in Cleveland sports, but whatever we may find funny, interesting, or just downright ridiculous, like Milner getting smacked in the wood league. <laughs> so let's go into our first segment. We're talking tribe. Uh, so, Mill, been really excited to get this started because I wanted to chat so much about this play ball party that's coming up for the All-Star game. Now, it looks like it's for, like, four-year-old kids, but for me, it's like a dream come true. Dude, same. Like, I've always wanted the All-Star game to be here. It's been at least 22 years since the All-Star game has been here, and I just wanted to, like, at least be a part of the experience because you don't have this come up, uh, come here often, and I'm just very excited, dude. Yeah, it seems like Cleveland's been getting a lot of hype, you know, with not only, like, the draft coming in 2021, the All-Star game, we've got the uh, NCAA Final Four, like, a bunch of stuff is happening. But, like, with this, there comes so much stuff with, you know, Cleveland and, and everything like that. And just, you know, the basis around the All-Star game is so exciting. Um, I am pissed about one thing about the All-Star game, and I just kind of thought of this. So, the fact that we have to bring the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame into every goddamn thing right. Cleveland does. Yeah. Pisses me off. That's not all we got. We got more than the Rock and Roll. We got more than the Rock Hall. I mean, like, I've been to the Rock Hall once, and I've lived in Cleveland for more than half my life. It's right. You can literally go through it in, like, 20 minutes. It's not even that interesting. Like, Like, I just don't get why it has to be a staple of every big thing that goes on in Cleveland. So I'm really, I'm really, really hoping that the draft does away with this trash guitar music symbol and moves on to something a lot better i don't know what it is maybe it's, it's about just the something different like i don't <clears throat> at um, this point i will say however with all these events coming the next few years it's exciting i think it comes at a perfect time uh because you obviously you just had lebron leave town again which um it's my opinion i don't think we owe anything to lebron i don't think oh, lebron owes anything to us but you know naturally a star of that caliber leaving the city is going to take some business with it um just Absolutely. as he brought business to the town it's going to take business away when he leaves um, and to have all these events coming year after year now for the next few years, I think that's going to give a nice boost uh, and keep Cleveland in the spotlight just as some, especially it's nice to see the Browns, you know, ramping up. So hopefully we'll stay relevant for a little while. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get back to this play ballpark. So I saw a few things um, actually on the play ballpark, and I'm like really, really excited to see to see what's going on with it and what. Um, so I will definitely be buying tickets to that, whether or not they're ten or fifty dollars. Um, but Mill, what about these last few games here with the tribe? Oh man, dude, these last few games. They've just been so fun to watch. Like, finally, just watching some decent baseball where, like, the Indians are at least putting up a fight with the bats and the pitching so far, just at least holding the fort down while, like, the bats are just, like, help helping out. Like, this is the offensive surge that we've been waiting for. Like, it's been two months of just boring-ass baseball. Like, I'm the pr- – Not even boring-ass, but, like, they've been losing. And they've been losing bad – or they've been barely making They've been bottom. pretty much unwatchable, honestly. I mean, yeah, for me, like, and I watch a lot of tribe baseball, but for me, these, like, since the past 10 games, okay, so the past 10 games, like, I mean, they've been playing better. They played, they played well against the Red Sox, won that series, won the series against the Twins, and then won a series against the Yankees today. Um, they, I don't know if they won or lost today. Uh, just they, they just lost. They, they were not oh, great. But still, winning that series along with the twin series was very important, just for the morale mm-hmm. of the players. Absolutely, the I mean the twins were hot, like red hot. So it was nice to come away with a series win against them. Before the twins were red hot, the Red Sox were red hot. So nice to come off a series win against them. Um, doesn't mean we can't compete. Just means we're a really streaky team right now. But at the same time, I do appreciate them, you know, putting their heads down and grinding it out. Especially with all of the injuries we have now, I mean, who's our who's our ace right now? Ba- uh, Bauer is Bauer our ace? No, it's Bieber right now. Okay, Bieber. Like Bieber is definitely better, most consistent pitcher. Like out of all the guys that we've had, and the second guy I would say is Plesac, but he's only had three starts. But still, in those three starts, they have been just amazing. Just from like, okay. like he just came from AAA where he only had three like starts. He was like ascending through the minors and then he goes against the reds he only allows a run even though he doesn't go away with the wind that's very encouraging and then in the second game against the white Sox, still like very good start he just didn't get the offense and then against the twins dude was lights out for seven innings and like that's the thing about the indians they've always been able to develop pitchers like like through the years that i've been a fan there's always been pitching and I'm so amazed every time with who they always just – that always comes out and surprises us, like, you know? Yeah, every I mean, year it feels like we have a new prospect that will come out of nowhere. Like last year it was Shane Bieber. And, I mean, on my end, I hadn't even – I barely even heard of him before last year. And yeah. he comes out and he's dominating, you know, high-quality teams at a high at a high rate. So it's good to see that. Yeah, truthfully, I mean, it's been a lot more fun to watch lately going up against these better better teams and winning series. Um, but that, that being said, we're still 10 and a half back. So, I mean, even though we're, we're playing well and we're winning against, you know, teams that have, are playing over 500 baseball, you know, we're, we're just on the cusp of it and we really need to, you know, we need, we need to crank out some wins here and some wins quick, uh, you know, to, to make, to make this, this at least worthwhile going into the, the postseason here. Um, you know, we want to be, we want to be playing in October, no doubt. Yeah. Like. Even if it is the second wild card spot, that's at least that's at least something, you know. Like, yeah, agreed. Um, well, hey, moving on from the tribe, I think we've we've kind of lulled on them long enough. Um, 
we're going to go into the Cavs, and Joe <laughs> is kind of our guy on the Cavs. For me, um, this is the part of the show where I tell you that I fucking hate the NBA um, and that I probably will butt out on most of these conversations. So, Joe, why don't you, you give us some information on the Cavs? Well, me and me and Mill can talk about the Cavs for a little bit here. Y- yeah, let's do it. Um, now, the Cavs, I mean, first things foremost, the Cavs are beyond poverty right now. They are the bottom of the barrel, the bottom of the league, and they're going to be there for a couple of years. You know, that just happens when somebody like LeBron leaves. They're about eight months into their rebuild. This is a new rebuild. So now, I mean, we've got to focus all of our energy and all of our attention on the draft and what's going to come up here. Um, I think the draft is next week. Let me check it real quick. I think it's June 20th, but, I, but I'm not quite sure. A couple weeks, yeah, June 20th. Yeah. Uh, so that's coming up uh, next Thursday. Now, the Cavs obviously have the fifth pick. Um, but we recently in the past couple of days, we've had some trade talks and I want to address a little bit of that trade talks and then also two potential picks that the Cavs might have at five. Um, this is, this is, this is news to me. So, uh, <laughs> like I don't follow any of this, so we're not, we're not hoping to trade away Colin Sexton, right? Cause he's like the only guy that I know that it's like reasonably good on our team. Like I honestly, I think he's the only person on our team that I know is currently playing. Sexton had a had a decent rookie year. Um, it was thing, very up and down, but very yeah. good. But the thing that's encouraging to me is he got better as the year went on. Um, you saw a progression and you saw um, some increased effort and you saw some increased production as the year went on, and he only got stronger by the end of the year. So that's encouraging. You know, he's only 19. It's his first year in the league, and his weaknesses really showed. You know, some of his court vision is not that great. Um some of his decision making is not that great, but you know he's got a high motor, and uh, and we're he really improved that jump shot. He improved from the three point range, and we're going to see where he can take it into next year. The person that actually one of the team one of the players on the team that concerns me the most is um, right now. Honestly, it's Chetty. Oh no! Why? Because Chetty, you know, he's only had one full season, but he didn't take as much of a leap as most people were hoping for. So it's got me kind of wondering if he's really going to end up being a consistent player at that position, at the small forward position on the team, or if he's going to end up being more kind of a a designated role player. But we'll see. Probably this season it'll become more clear. Yeah, I I can definitely agree with that. Even though I'm kind of like the biggest Jetty fan, like I just love his tenacity and his aggressiveness. Even though he's not the best scorer, he at least gives you the effort. But I, but I definitely can see next year as like a make-or-break year in terms of being a starter or just being a role player off the bench. Right, and I like what he's got in his arsenal right now and what he improved on from last year to this year. Um, so that's really it's good to see that. Now I want to talk about the trade talks that have come up in the past few days for the, the Cavs. From five, there's been talks of them trading with the Hawks. Now the Hawks have a ridiculous amount of picks in the draft. It's kind of stupid they have what are their picks they have 8 10 17 35 41 and 44 jesus Jesus christ Christ, Um, man oh my god because they just traded off uh torian prince um and got i think 17 back from the nets so they they got alan crab and they got the 17th pick and they traded torian prince basically Uh, both booty cheeks but you know what the nets are doing right the nets are trying to clear up that max slot um, but the as far as the Hawks now, they have all this ammo. They might want to move up and take a prospect. Now, from what I see, the Hawks might want to keep the eighth pick. 
Um, I, th- I think it would be hard to move from, from eight and 10 up to five and eight without giving up, you know, either a player or a lot of picks in the meantime. So one of the you know potential trades that I've seen is they may trade 10 and 17, a future second round pick or possibly a player to the Cavs. The Cavs would drop back and have 10 and 17, and they would also have their 26 pick. Mm. Um, this so is, this would, is all coming from the Hawks? This is coming from just rumors that I've seen in the past couple of days. No, but I mean, yeah, like, coming base, from the Hawks, this, yeah. Okay, I just, just double check. Because the Hawks have funny, all that. Funny story, What's side that? note. Um, I have a Kent Bazemore signed Atlanta Hawks snapback that I've never worn. <laughs> so Kent Bazemore? <laughs> How did you like, come into possession of this? Yeah. I, so I was in college, and we did this project for the Hawks, and <laughs> we were down in Atlanta. And we finished our project, and they gave us some swag. And your boy ended up lucky enough to get a Ken Bazemore signed snapback. Wow. And I feel like the value on that has done nothing but go down since I received it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the value of the player has done nothing but go down since they signed a new contract. Definitely the poverty level, for sure. Right. Um, I do like the Hawks on core, though. I think it's good. But the Hawks might want to move up to eight if they see a prospect that's worth getting – or might move up to five, rather, if they see a prospect that's worth grabbing. But the problem is there's a huge drop-off between the top three and what comes after it. It's like that's, – That's something I'm, I'm incredibly interested in the NBA draft. Right. The, the difference between one and two and two and three and then three and four is monumental in guys. I mean, look at this year. You've got Zion going one, no doubt, right? That's a, that's out of the that, that's a lock, oh, yeah. Oh, pretty yeah. much. I mean, so then you've got Zion. Who's the second guy? I mean, I don't even get – this is how much uh, I don't give a shit about the NBA. But You're probably looking at John guy? Morant. John Morant. Okay, that's that's Morant. Depending on yeah. how they and, I mean, just the difference between those two, two dudes. Obviously, Morant has, you know, that he's getting coverage, and he's, he's a pretty good player coming out of a pretty small school for that, you know, that type of draft stock. But still – the difference between Zion and Morant is asinine. I mean, that's between one oh, and two. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I see it as kind of like comparable to when Miles Garrett came out of um, came into the draft in 2017. Okay, because like that's a that's a no brainer. Like yeah. <laughs> when when he came out, you know, everybody's saying you're going to take Miles Garrett. You're not going to take anybody else. Anybody else comes after, but Miles Garrett is the number one. That's kind of the same thing I see with Zion, um, but. I think it came out that the Grizzlies are looking to move on from Mike Conley, and they might be looking to take John Morant at two. Okay. Um, whatever happens at three, we don't know. But as far as at five, if the Cavs decide to stay at five, moving on to the couple of the options that they have, I'm going to address two of the options they have right now. I'm not going to go into all of them. Um, but I've taken a look at Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter recently, and there's pros and cons to both of them. Um, Cam Reddish, the biggest worry, obviously, being his shooting percentage. He shot very below average from the field. He shot uh, 35% from the field, 33% from three. He's got a good-looking jump shot. His mechanics are very good. Uh, But he was actually one of the lowest when it came to driving and finishing at the rim. He's, He's not good when it comes to physicality. Um, he's not good at finishing at the rim. He's, he's terrible with charges. The worst two players in the league or in the NCAA when it came to um, having charges called on them were R.J. Barrett and Cam Reddish. So he tends to put his head down and kind of drive, which might be 
a bad thing in the NBA that could come to bite him really uh, – it could come to hurt him. Now, he's not afraid of a big shot, but he also didn't perform well when those big shots mattered most. Like, he didn't perform well in the game versus MSU. He only shot 25%. Oh, he yeah. had some no-show games through the season, and especially those games that MSU – I mean, we all know how they performed there. Um, especially when they needed Cam Reddish the most, he wasn't there. So he's the type of player that I'm seeing is going to really thrive if he's got a lot of shot creators around him or playmakers around him. I don't, I don't really consider Colin Sexton to be that. So we'll see if Colin Sexton can develop that part of their game. If the Cavs end up drafting Cam Reddish at five, I'm not going to be disappointed. I'll be intrigued, and we'll see what happens from there. Um, if they decide to take Hunter, on the other hand, I think it's a safer pick. Now, both of these guys have a seven-foot, over a seven-foot wingspan. Um, Cam Reddish has a seven-foot-one wingspan. RJ Hunter has a seven-foot-two wingspan. So both of these guys have the potential to be very good defenders. Um, Hunter, the thing that I like the most about him is he showed up when it mattered. That championship game for Virginia, Yeah, I that, mean, he made big he, shots when it mattered. Yeah, he was lights out that game. Like, yeah. And that's the biggest stage you can be at. That's the most level of pressure. Um, he's got a pretty developed game. And, you know, he's very lanky. He's a good defender already. He makes good decisions. And he's only improving different parts of his game. So we'll see who they take at five or if they end up not even being there at five. They might trade back. Either one of those two guys I think I'd be intrigued with. And there's also more prospects to go. But I think that's what the Cavs are looking at at five. All right. So before we end this segment, I have a question. Like, how many how many years how many how many how many years are we looking at until we see the Cavs back in contention for the finals? You're looking at at least a five year rebuild. That's what I was thinking. Okay. At, at the minimal. I mean, I mean that's fair. That's right fair. Now. Yeah. I mean, we just we just spent what four years straight in the finals. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I'm not complaining by any means, and and. Obviously, they won. They they brought the city championship, and and it was well fought over and deserved. And um, you know that was one of the greatest nights of my life. Yeah, um, I agree. But I, still, I think this is something that we knew going into the championship is that we were going to be back at the bottom for a while coming out of it. Um, yeah, and that's not everybody's going to stay. You sell your soul <laughs> to the devil. You got to be prepared to pay the price. Yeah. Oh, of so course. like. I mean, we're looking at a couple of years. I mean, this next year they're just going to be trying to dump off more of these bad contracts. I mean, they still got to get rid of Jr. Um, and they still yeah, got the they still got to worry about JR, Kevin Love and Tristan uh, Thompson. You still got to worry about them. So once that's all cleared up, then we're going to see the actual uh, pieces start to build, and we'll see what the cast can become. Yeah, for sure. All right. So I'm going to move on now to our dog check, talking about the Browns a little bit. Um, obviously, it's an exciting time, right? Like we've got so much to look forward to, and this is where. I get extremely excited, but extremely pissed off all at the same time. So there's this really exciting time for Cleveland sports. We've got Baker Mayfield. We've got Odell Beckham Jr. teaming up with his old LSU teammate, Jarvis Landry. We've got, I mean, you hate to even say it, but Duke Johnson, I mean, he's a great role player running back. And I'm kind of upset that he wants to leave the team in the first place. Um He's just you in know, his feelings. That's all he is. Exactly. And for me, like, if he really wanted to be traded, he's 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 hurting himself by doing this because he could easily up his stock and what he could be traded for if he would just be a team player and keep this in the background. 
you know, go to the, you know, go to Freddie Kitchens, go to John Dorsey and say, Hey guys, you know, for me, it's really not my position that I want to be in to be this, you know, like guy who's just, you know, going to be kicked out in eight, eight, eight weeks when uh, Kareem Hunt shows up. But at the same time, like, I don't want to be out in the public saying that, you know, I'm not a team player. And for me, him doing this and taking it out to the public and to the media and, you know, kind of bringing it out into this light that we can sit here and drool over <laughs> as, you know, drama, quote unquote, um, is annoying to me. So for me, I think that he just kind of killed his, his trade stock um, in doing that because now John Dorsey really isn't going to find the price that he's looking for for, um, for him. And he's just going to be stuck here for eight weeks, and who knows what problems that could right. cause throughout the season. <clears throat> he yeah. is under contract. Um, uh, well, a couple things I wanted to bring up real quick about Duke is did you guys end up seeing um, what he posted on Instagram, all those photos that he's been posting of him? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. He, happy yeah. pictures with the team and everything. I'm like, he was listening to some Drake or something that night, man. That's, right. That's I mean, he's been posting pictures with the team, and he looks real happy. Everybody looks happy with him. Is he really as upset as he says he is? And also, um, I was listening to the radio uh, two days ago, and there was somebody who was with the Steelers all last year during the crazy drama that they had with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. And she was here with the Browns all this week. And she was on – I can't remember the name of the reporter. Aditi, I think it Yeah, yeah, Aditi. Aditi. She said – I mean, this quote-unquote drama, she says she laughs because this isn't anything. This isn't even this close is, to is, what the Steelers are going through. This is absolutely not nothing. It's, just a, is... it's a small distraction to what they, what was happening in Pittsburgh. This is just a small drop even, in the bucket. I wouldn't but, even call it a distraction at this point because I think personally that um, – also, great to talk to you guys again. I feel like I've been out for a while in this whole Cavs conversation. Yeah, man. We uh, miss you. But, yeah. yeah, we miss you, bro. <laughs> so, no, but I think it's funny because – we have no real drama to cling to. So any of the little shit that's going on that we can connect ourselves with, we're going to do that. And right. for me, it's, it's almost bothersome because it's bringing up problems that aren't problems. And then it's Cleveland media blowing it up out of proportion just oh for click God. value oh and God. all this other stuff. So yeah, like- for me – I don't have anything against Mary Kay Cabot, although I think some of her takes are a little ridiculous. Right. And then, I, yeah. you know, on the other hand, you have Tony Grossi, who is just completely out <laughs> of his – like, this guy is out of his mind with he, the shit he, that he talks about. He's reaching like his stage whole one take, senile right now, like in my Dude, opinion. his whole take on the OBJ not showing up to, to not what is it, voluntary OTAs Keyword, was the biggest – bullshit i've ever okay first off it's not like obj doesn't have the playbook he's a professional he does this for a living this is his job that's like that's like me going into work without my laptop for instance like if i were to just show up and not know what was going on like as a professional athlete you can't do that you're gonna lose your job yeah you don't then you're not gonna have any value to any other team you don't it's not like OBJ, obj is there without a playbook not training, not lifting, not, you right. know, making sure that he's top performer. Like, obviously, OBJ is excited for this season. Like, he was in a Jim Brown jersey at the finals game the other night. Yeah. That was like, he, that was, that that was, was the best. So, sorry, I'm getting on my high horse about this, but <laughs> I am so tired of all this bullshit about, I mean, we're still talking about it. Like, yep. that's, that's where I'm at with this. Like, 
OTAs, minicamp is all over. And we're still sitting here talking about how annoyed we are about people talking about OBJ not showing up. You don't so get for to me, OBJ's level on accident. Exactly. You don't not get to OBJ's level by showing up to practice not knowing what's going on. Yeah. He's I mean, going to make sure that he's prepared. We don't need to worry about it. I mean, obviously, yeah. it would be better if he was here, and it would be great. But if he's not, it's voluntary. He's here when it does matter, and he's going to make sure that we know the quality of player that OBJ is. Yeah, and especially since he has his friend Jarvis Landry, who's probably going to get on his ass about it if something really happens, and I doubt that's going to happen. Yo, I wish Hard Knocks would come back to the Browns. I really do. It would be that would be so juicy. Me too. Like, but it Hard Knocks, they're not with the Raiders. Would be pretty sweet too. I'm not gonna I, lie. I I think okay. So I did some research on this the other day, and from what I read, and and don't quote me on this because I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but I think they're going to the Titans. Oh, that's so lame. I, yeah, I that think is it's like lame. the dumbest idea. They are the most bland ass team. The, they are the most average team in the NFL. They always reach eight and eight with the most average QB in Marcus Mariota. And it pisses me off that they're it's like the Rams like two years ago. Like the Rams would always go eight and eight and nobody gave a shit about who they were. So it's funny to me like under that was an underrated NFL meme. Who was the coach that always goes eight and eight or seven and nine? Uh, I can't remember his name. (laughs) I got real quiet there for a second. That's with Jay I'm pretty sure um, oh, the Niners are not going to be featured. Um, I, I'm also reading this off a very random website called Sporting News. So Jeff this Fisher. is, That's yeah, this is trash. There you go, Jeff Fisher. Um, yeah, Jeff Fisher. There you go. Obviously, the Raiders would be a great selection. I think that would be incredibly interesting just because I feel like John Gruden just pulled out like his 98 playbook and was like (laughs) yo let's call plays out of this you know what i mean right so i think that's yeah we'll just get a bunch of old guys we're we're gonna run my old playbook it's gonna be awesome we're gonna go to the super bowl this year it'll be amazing yeah i think he's trying to play an old game um but anyways back back to the browns so um this has been a, a bit of a i would say a trending topic um, among Cleveland sports and their fans and talking about it. But, you know, obviously sophomore year slump is a, a definite thing. Like we see it in a lot of quarterbacks. And for me, I'm, I'm not really worried about it with Baker. Like, you know, even with his remarks on Duke the other day and stuff like that, like it just shows me his, his head is in the right space and he's, he's ready for the season. Um, what, what are your guys' take on this? I agree 100%. Um, I think – Baker, I mean, he's just kind of impressing me with everything he says, the way he carries himself, the way he prepares for the game, the way he plays the game. Um, I mean, reports are saying he's the first one in the building and one of the last ones to leave every single day, like even during voluntary OTAs. And and it's funny because that was that was Tyrod Taylor mm-hmm. when he was a rookie. So I think that for me, like, I think Tyrod really got to him about a lot of good things. And I mean, I think that he was a great example for Baker to, to learn after. Obviously, he's no, you know, he's no Definitely. Aaron Rodgers. He's no, you know, Tom, Tom Brady. He's no Drew Brees. But at the same time, like he had a really good work ethic. And it goes to show, I mean, and you, I don't know if you guys remember that clip from Hard Knocks where uh, Hugh Jackson went up and like tapped Baker was like, yo, yep. uh, 
Tyrod was in before you. That, you know, like like that kind of stuff. Not saying that that's a great. And he said that he's the only good but... thing from Hugh Jackson. Yeah, and he exactly. said that you know, Baker said, you know, he's got his routine. I have mine. He's like, well, maybe you should, you know, take a few things. Yeah. So I think for for me, like I I really am not worried about a sophomore slump. Like he's gonna have bad passes. There's gonna be interceptions. There's gonna be moments in the game where he's not gonna perform to what we want him to. But overall, I mean. The, the amount of weapons that they have placed around him, the, the team that John Dorsey has built around Baker Mayfield over the past two years has been incredible. Like, I don't think – I mean, how many rookie contracts do we have out right now? A lot. There's so many There's rookie so many. contracts out there to have these guys because, I mean, come three, four years from now, it's going to be tough to keep all these people around. They're going to have to get so, paid. Or another sure. good thing exactly. to keep I mean, Baker's yeah. going to have to get paid. Miles Garrett's going to have to get paid. Those two alone can kill your salary cap. Right. But so the, a lot of this big money that, you know, these veteran contracts and all that, keep in mind, it's all coming off the books when it's time to pay the rookie deals. When the rookie yeah. deals run out, when it's time to pay those guys, a lot yeah. of these older contracts are coming off the books, which is a great, great setup mm-hmm. um, by yeah, Mr. Like, John Dorsey here. Yeah, this has been the this has been the formula for like the Rams and like the Seahawks, like when they had the Legion of Boom. So like we're just following that same formula, and, yeah. and it's beautiful. Well, I mean, even look at it. I'm for a track record idea, and for John Dorsey. I mean, last year with the Chiefs, I mean, he did all that. I mean, he put that team together, yeah. and to see how far they went and what they did, and just being excited about that for for the Browns for this year. I'm it's there's a lot going through my head and I don't want to get ahead of myself because I think that the Browns can go extremely far this season and really make the city of Cleveland proud. I agree. I agree too. Um, exciting times in the land, man. Exciting times in the land. Absolutely, guys. I'm so pumped up. Um well, coming off that, you know, I don't think that there's a lot of anything that we need to talk about about the Browns just the fact that, you know, Super Bowl Super Browns um so beyond that guys uh you know i think this is the end of our first episode and really appreciate you guys for joining me uh obviously we'll be together every week from here on out uh giving the people the good word of cleveland sports and what's been going on um again guys i appreciate you for for being here but also appreciate all of our listeners if you're here uh definitely at least you know fill up Fill out some legal obligations, I guess I could say. Um, you know, we do have lawyers here. We will put them on you if you don't share this podcast with other people. Um, <laughs> we definitely want to grow, and we want to continue to grow as we, um, as we, you know, continue to have these episodes come out. And so if we can, you know, create a good fan base through you guys, and we can actually, um, you know, maybe do some things around the city and, and obviously interact with you more. So would love to have that. But um, for now, farewell for me. I'm about to go play a quick nine holes of golf uh, for you guys any any big plans this weekend uh nothing from this week i'm just gonna be working a lot this week uh all right not, not much for me but like i was at my sister's grad party shout out to my sister lauren for graduating proud of you sis the shout okay, out to my brother matt my matt my brother matt also graduated so congrats to him my my brother actually graduated as well but he'll never listen to this so i'm not even gonna shout him out um <laughs> Awesome, dudes. Well, hey, thanks so much for being here, and um, looking forward to next week. All right. Yeah, talk to you guys next time.